0: Episode 225, Gage Hall Implosion. This is the Ericast for the week of June 30, 2013. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Well, thanks for listening to the, uh, the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742. Listener feedback line. Ericast being a personal podcast that you've stumbled into either because you know me, Eric Larson from the Aircast, and you want to know more about what I'm thinking about, or you found an interesting topic like implosions or something, and you want to know, well, who is this guy and what is this topic? So for whatever reason you're here, I'm glad you're here. If things sound a little bit more disjointed than usual, it's because I pretty much gutted all the technology out of Ericast Studio A. That'd be my desk down here in the sub-basement. Because when I bought the new computer, last November, that whole Black Friday deal thing, I kind of just brought it in by setting it down on top of the old computer and swapping a couple cables and saying, good enough, I'll get around to that. And I eventually kind of mentally snapped and said, this is just driving me crazy, which is saying a lot. Because when I was really young, like, you know, nine, ten years old, I used to actually like being organized. And then something, some real part of my personality set in. And now I just, I, I am not a structured, organized person. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I, I kind of wish I were, but I don't want to be one of those people that always wishes I'm something I'm not. So I'm, I'm okay with the fact that I'm not that structured and organized. But even even in my life, it gets to some point where it's like, oh, we need to work on this. So that's what I did. And most of the things are plugged back in more or less where they're supposed to be. So that's also pretty good. But, um, yeah, I'm trying the front panel mic jack on my HP from... That Staples Black Friday deal, it seems to be working. I mean, This is the mic, the little levels are bouncing, but if it sounds a little bit different in this week's Aircast, that's why. So we promised that this was going to be listener feedback week here on the Aircast, kind of keeping up with our our occasional tradition of having the listener feedback be the last week of of the month, and and here we are. This is the, the equivalent of the June 30th podcast, even though it's being recorded on July 5th. We had just one tiny, tiny minor problem. I'm not sure how honest I should be with you guys, but I, I I, think you can handle it. I didn't get any calls. Like none. Like no, no, but no, nobody. So you're sitting there thinking, you know, I thought about calling, but I didn't. Well, you should have, because it would have been my only call. I got no calls. And so I, I've been thinking about this. This will probably be a a broader topic sometime later, you know, the the silent majority and the, the challenges that radio people faced and whatever, but I don't have time for all that because pretty soon the air conditioner is going to kick on, which is going to signify the end of the recording. So I've mentioned before here in Minnesota, and I love Minnesota. I love my state. I'm not complaining one bit, but we have like furnace heating season and furnace cooling season, and then there's like a week on either end where you have quiet recording times. So... Same furnace, same blower, same amount of noise when it kicks on. So anyway, what I'm going to talk about is some live personal listener feedback, because listener Mike joined me on a little road trip out to Mankato, Minnesota. Mankato, Minnesota is about 90 minutes southwest of the Twin Cities metro area. Um, It's on the Minnesota River, which... Kind of head, it starts in the north, heads south, and then curves up. I think Mankato is sort of where the bend is, and then it swings north to join up at the Twin Cities. Doesn't really matter, but that is kind of the major landmark of Mankato. And we've got friends from Mankato and stuff. And uh, Minnesota State University has a campus there. Back, uh, if you remember the TV series Coach, and Coach back in the late 80s, um, Craig T. Nelson, etc. Shelley Fabre, I believe, was one of the other stars. It's amazing how much junk is in my head. My goodness. Um, and Jerry Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's brother, before Frazier. Anyway, he worked at the fictional Minnesota State, because there was no Minnesota State, so it's sort of strange. He's like, no, we have the University of Minnesota here. What's with this Minnesota State thing? Well, then, when Mankato University, whatever, renamed itself, somehow it's Minnesota State at Mankato. I don't understand how any of these things work, even though it's kind of my my chosen profession, line of work, career. I don't really pay attention to anything outside of my institution. So I don't really know what it's called. But the big university at Mankato had a couple old dorm halls. Old because they were built in the early 60s, 64 and 65. It was a pair of them, big brick buildings, um, 12 stories tall. I think your standard big square brick building, well, rectangular brick building boxy, etc. And they decided that it was not going to work to renovate them. The general layout apparently didn't work all that well for what today's student is looking for. And they had HVAC issues and they had, I mean, the, the building had issues and they realized, well, we could spend millions and millions of dollars to renovate the building and we would end up with the exact same building that we have. Or we could take that money and put it someplace else. So instead, they spent one point some million dollars to tear it down via implosion, which was scheduled for 9.30 a.m. Saturday, June 28th, 2013. Well, I may or may not have mentioned before in the EraCast, I'm something of an implosion geek. So I very definitely, the moment I heard this, I put it on the calendar months ago, planned accordingly. like, I am going to this, come heck or high water, I'm going to go and I offered the opportunity to the girls um, and Kadella said yeah that's fine, yep I'll go Chloe wasn't so sure because she had a birthday party to go to later in the afternoon and so she asked if it was a once in a lifetime experience I said well it's not a once in a lifetime experience but it's pretty rare and she said three times in a lifetime and I said yeah, I was thinking sure if you need a number that'll work um, yeah maybe three times sure, so she decided that she would go and I warned them that this would be a lot of waiting and a lot of times implosions were delayed and all of my traumatic childhood memories of missing implosions were related to delays and things. Um, well, they're more accurate now, especially when um, the Mankato University brought all the alumni out and big party, Bob Lertzema from uh, uh, old Vikings, vintage Vikings fame, because the Vikings used to stay in these dorms when they did their pras- uh, prastic practice camp Um that's where they stayed, so there were some memories there. And yeah, like to the to the second at nine thirty, I mean they had the countdown, they had everything. And my recommendation to you is if you you don't have to don't don't go this is not a lifetime commitment, but if you have the opportunity to go to an implosion and see it in person, you need to go to an implosion and see it in person. You really do. Just so you kind of know what it's like. So the girls know what it's like now. And Listener Mike knows what it's like. Because Listener Mike, who is probably listening to this particular episode sometime when the snow flies. um, Because what Listener Mike did is he went back into the Aircast Archive. uh, Started with the episodes late last year and started listening forward. Which I thought was kind of of cool and kind of nice. So hi Mike, whenever you're hearing this, why don't you call 206-339-3742 which conveniently spells out 206339 Eric. And um so I made the joke on the on the drive home it's like I could I could pull the recorder I've got in the glove compartment and we could do a a live listener feedback. But I decided to spare him of that. Um I would be distracted and run off the road, he would be distracted and you know nervous or annoyed or whatever, I don't know. Mike would have done fine, but it would have given me some listener feedback. And he did have a very interesting idea. And that is for some milestone episode, preferably more than 225, it's not really a milestone, maybe 250, maybe 256 if we want to be all 8-bit binary, um, probably episode 300, but for some milestone, he suggested that we bring some, really just a couple is all you need, uh, chairs down here to the Aircast Studio A and do a live live to hard drive live streamed whatever live studio audience Eracast episode Where you'd hear a smattering of applause at the occasional rare joke or something well the occasional rare funny joke lots of jokes not not many of them funny and i'm going to strongly consider that very definitely strongly consider that so there you go um, but that's super cool so that was that was this week uh kind of a lead up into the Fourth of July fireworks thing, uh was a building implosion. And I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, watch it on um on YouTube. Um Gage Hall, G A G E Hall, Mankato, M A N K A T O. You'll find lots of video of it and we were there. And it looks like it it looks. They set off the charges and it, the building fell down. It was interesting that they did put a whole row of them uh along the eighth floor. So like like up high in the building, which I think was to actually get to make sure it like crumbled and, and kind of tumbled in and pancaked on itself. Because uh, I was reminded of the VA hospital implosion in the, gosh, mid 90s, early 90s um, in Minneapolis. And one of the wings did not uh, topple. Um, most of it did. I mean, most of it dropped really, really well, but there was one that, that, Dropped one story and kind of leaned and just stood there. There is not much video of that around, but I know I have it on one of my old videotapes. Um, so I need to get back to that videotape archiving project. So that, so I'll talk about a couple technology things uh, and a, a random um, product recommendation for no particular reason. If you are into Tiki Torches, yes, I am, I am, I am just That random, thank you. Um, If you're into tiki torches for your patio... Now, Matt, out in California, maybe you guys are are into this. Um, There's there's a outstanding... Words can't describe how outstanding this tiki torch is. Menards had them on sale for $8.88 or something. Uh, From the tiki company, Tiki Brand... The Island King, large flame tiki torch, um, and what it boasts—it's got some fancy term for this wind fighter, wind wind windproof technology. It boasts a flame five times larger than your average tiki torch, and you think really, you know, come on. Talk about marketing hyperbole. Well, it actually really works. What, it, you know, your typical tiki torch, you know, you think, you know, patio and little torches. Um, and a friend said, now we can, uh, we can hold, like, Survivor and vote people off the island on, on the back patio. Uh, I was never a Survivor fan, so I, I don't really know what that would be like. But um, a typical tiki torch, like the really cheap ones I had that were a buck or two and they didn't work that well and so I hated tiki torches, but I understood the concept should be good so I, I had this tiki frustration. Um, but my, my, my tiki frustration has been tiki resolved because instead of having like the wick standing up in the can, this has a wick and it's in the center, but the wick is almost like in the bottom of this bowl-like thing. So the torch comes up and around the wick. So the wick is not the highest point. So what happens when you light it is the the oil vapors and things are kind of all like swirling and milling around in that that bowl. So instead of just one flame off the tiki torch, the whole bowl has flames around it and coming out. And when the wind comes along, it it doesn't blow it out. It just kind of, you know, it flutters, but they really are windproof. (laughs) Wow. Super cool. So, um, that is um, is my my random product recommendation. It's the Island King Tiki brand torch, and you can mail order them for like you know twenty twenty five bucks. But if your local home improvement super center happens to have them on sale for nine bucks, pick up a few of them. Which means that the moment I'm done with this. In fact, I may not even do all the editing and publish it. I might just do that tomorrow. I just want to get the recording done while while it's quiet. Um, I'm going out of my patio, and I'm going to sit and read the iPad and just kind of hang out by the light of the Tiki Torch. So the other technology-related thing, for those of you that are, are embracing the random access mode that I'm in, but want something technology related speaking of archiving old videos. I am still looking for a video Thumbnailing program. So if you have any recommendations for this, let me know um, What I what I have so I convert from uh, VHS tapes to DVDs, so they're not encoded or anything. They don't need to be um, You know decrypted. They're just standard, you know, set-top DVD things things um, but I need a program that you can point at a DVD, and I found them where they will thumbnail one screen for the entire DVD, but I need something that will grab, like a screen grab, like every, you know, pick a number, every 10 seconds or something. There there was a way to do this with some weird mix of Handbrake and, and VLC, something like that, uh, where you take... You convert the DVD into a flat file, like an MPEG 4 or whatever, and then run VLC. But I had to do it in almost real time. So you could speed it up and like run it maybe at like double or triple speed. But still, if, if I've got, you know, two hours of content per DVD, that takes a while. What I want is something that just whips through and just grabs a, a frame. And yeah, I know that it's a little bit hard with, with any sort of compressed video, MPEG 2, MPEG 4, because it does have to render it. Uh, but there's a, there's a thumbnailing program. And then would have to go over to the other computer and look. It's at, you know, CC Thumbnail or CC Auto Thumbnail or with some weird little app written by some guy. He might have actually worked at Microsoft. It's sort of an a offshoot project, uh, part of one of their toolkits, the uh, the Silverlight toolkit or something. And it doesn't work under Windows 8. So it works fine-ish under my old Windows XP e machines that's acting as a server over on the, the other side of the basement here. But the problem with that is occasionally, and by occasionally I mean like twenty or thirty percent of the time, so it's not super rarely, it's moderately frequently, instead of grabbing one thumbnail every, you know, ten seconds or thirty seconds or whatever, it grabs one like, you know, every half second. So you get this huge folder with with you know ten or twenty times the number of thumbnails that you would want. I don't know why that is, but possibly is because I'm just pointing it at weird VOB files off a of DVD with a program that is not exactly supported and just you know written by some guy probably in a basement much like this one. Yeah, so if you can think of any thumbnailing programs, let me know um, because that would that would very much help me to move along my old DVD archiving project because it's a little bit demoralizing to have all these DVDs around, but I don't know what's on them, because I'm not going to sit for six hours and watch my EP recorded tape go by as it gets encoded. Um, So the idea is you thumbnail them, and then you can visually skim through the thumbnails really quickly, or... Um, I did have really good luck with pointing um, Picasa at the thumbnails and then doing facial recognition. So once you train it to to know, you know, this is Dan Rather and this is Tom Broco and these are our local news anchors and things, then you throw anything else at it and it pops up and says, hey, is this Dan Rather? You say, yes, that's another old CBS News newscast that I captured. Wouldn't work for the VA hospital building but since I know it's part of a newscast, once I find the newscasts and what I recorded, then I'll be okay. So that's what I want to work on. That's, that's what you're fighting for, for me. So, um, lots of other interesting things going on, but I think I've, I've talked to you long enough. So thank you for listening. Um, 206-339-3742. If you um, have any thoughts, comments, whatever, or if you want to talk to me directly, I did this before and got a couple calls. I'm more than happy to do it again. Um, I apologize. I don't remember the number. Oh, well, I can find the phone. This will work because you can call me directly at six one two Fameway, F A M E W A Y, which is easy to remember. As is Damewax, but I'm not going to mention that one. It's the same thing. The actual number is six one two three two six. Sorry, I'm spelling it on the phone. So six one two three two six nine no, 326-FAM, okay, Three nine two nine six one two three two six three nine two nine. 612-326-3929. I think that'll work. Give that a call. I promise you that if I am free, I will answer it and we'll talk. And if we want to record something or whatever, I can just hit the little number four button because it's my Google voice number and we'll record something. And then you will have left listener feedback. We have an interview. We have all sorts of good conversational stuff. So 206-339-3742 is going to be the simpler one if you just call and leave a, leave a message. But if you want to talk to me, 612 Dame Wax and you'll find me. All right. So Ruth and the girls are home. The door is squeaking up above. It's about to slam. Air conditioner will kick on momentarily. All sorts of activity here in the Larson household. So I'm going to get going. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Aircast from Aircast.com. Visit us at www.aircast.com.